Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Rick Frost. He is the CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation and now recipient of the Order of Manitoba. Rick, welcome to the show and congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Robert. It's great to be here. So we wanted to chat with you a little bit about receiving the Order of Manitoba and your career. Tell us a little bit about your background and your career before starting with the Winnipeg Foundation. I started off in municipal government. That was my, uh, definitely I started there uh, working in Burlington and Hamilton and eventually in Mississauga area for a long time as a municipal clerk and eventually CAO in Peel region. Then in 1989, Bill Norrie, uh, who was mayor at the time, recruited me to come out to uh, Winnipeg to work in the city here. Um, a, a great opportunity for me and our family moved to uh, Winnipeg in 1989. I worked at the city hall here for a period of eight or nine years uh, as chief commissioner. And so I saw a lot of, it was an interesting time. The 1990s were was a tough time to actually to be in government because it was a lot of pressure financially. Um, for those of you who, who, those of the listeners who might be listening might remember that um, the uh, federal government was busily cutting back um, trying to get our finances nationally under control and that ricocheted into the province and of course down to the city and there was lots of uh, lots of issues back then uh, the saving of the jets and all those kinds of issues in that, in that time frame so it was an interesting time to be at city hall I left city hall in 1997 and came to uh, came to the Winnipeg Foundation and it was really the dessert of my career as I said it's uh, the opportunity to work at the Winnipeg Foundation for the last 23 years has been a pretty wonderful experience as the foundation CEO, you've really helped to take the foundation to new heights and you've been such a strong leader in encouraging and promoting the community foundation movement, not only here in Manitoba, but really across Canada. Can you speak a little bit to that sort of growth, where the Winnipeg Foundation was when you joined it in 1999 and where it's gone from there? Well, I think we're, you know, we're very blessed in our city to have inherited this wonderful legacy um, created. Winnipeg Foundation is the first community foundation in, in Canada, the oldest. And there's 191 foundations across all of the country and 55 of them are in Manitoba. So we're very fortunate. Uh, it's a very generous province. People have been very, uh, over the years, have been very generous to the foundation and to all charities, really. So it's a so it's a it's a wonderful place to work from from that perspective. And I think the interesting thing is that there's such a diversity of donors that have supported the foundation over the years. You know, obviously there are wealthy people who have supported the foundation, but, you know, the story of the widow's might, that first $15 that um, that came in after Alloway's initial gift has sort of been the the value base, I suppose, of a community foundation, the idea that anybody can give and it's the pooling of resources and working together. And certainly that has been a philosophical position that's, uh, I think, really influenced the work of the foundation. As you say, at the beginning, we were doing about four and a half million dollars a year in terms of grants. This year, our, our grant making will be in the 65 to 70 million dollar range, maybe a bit more than that. So it's a it's it's really been a wonderful growth story, and it's a story of generosity, I think, um, of, of uh, so many people who've contributed. And obviously, all the organizations that were able to support the passion that's in the charitable sector is something to behold. Anybody who's involved with a charitable organization will recognize that, I'm sure. 
Um, so working sort of as an intermediary between these generous donors and these passionate agencies is a real privilege. And I think, well, it's I'm receiving this uh, honor and, and certainly I appreciate that. Obviously, it's very humbling, but we have to recognize that it's the work of the foundation and all those who have contributed in so many different ways that have uh, put me in this happy position. And, and certainly I'm I recognize that you don't get anywhere alone. You're all, we're all part of networks and support support systems that allow us to do the work we do. And certainly I'm very grateful for the opportunity to serve. The foundation is a strong team, but also it's a testament to your leadership, I think, that the team is able to accomplish as well what it's able to do. And I'm wondering if you can offer maybe one or two pieces of advice on leadership from your own experience. Well, thank you for the kind comment, Rob. Um, Certainly, I, I think when you look down the list of recipients um, uh, at the Order of Manitoba, you're seeing leadership in so many ways in, in, uh, um, in those who, have, uh, who, are, who are being honoured in this way. And I'm sure if you go back over previous lists, the same kinds of things would jump out. Certainly, I'm, I'm looking at some of the recipients and thinking of the leadership, for example, Bill Elliott brought for so many years to the Fort White Centre. I certainly had some very enjoyable meetings with Bill and especially going back into the year about 2000 when we were looking at some of the expansion that we're looking at and sort of the passion that he brought, the knowledge, the depth of professional knowledge and commitment is so obvious in, in, in his leadership style and the way he approached it. Similarly, if you think of someone like Stephen Boris at, uh, at, at WEG, you know, we've got this beautiful Inuit gallery being developed in the city. It's a real landmark. Um, so you see the vision that sort of is coming out from his, uh, his leadership style, um, certainly very obvious. Scott Oak is there and sort of the family, the Oak family's commitment to mental health and addiction. And again, you see this passion, I guess you could say, for the community the, the and, and wanting to wanting to give back in memory of their son in, in that case and to some respect. But every single one of the people who you see on the list, and I can go through others, I mean, Elder Mary Cushane, certainly um, sort of the Indigenous perspective, Stu Murray coming at it, not only from a political leadership role, but more his role in the Human Rights Museum, where he played a really pivotal role there during those during the years when we we're trying to get it up and running. I think that the leadership style of these various people, when you sort of look at the way they operate, you see that there's variation for sure, different different personalities, different approaches on the one hand, but in the end of the day, it, it really boils down to a love of the community and a commitment to get some things done that makes uh, life in our society today better than it was yesterday. You've spoken a lot about Manitoba's culture of generosity and how it makes our province so special. And when, just as you mentioned, when you look on that list and you see so many people involved in leadership roles, both within the charitable sector and within just the community at large, that really, I think, demonstrates that idea for sure. We're blessed to be able to live in Manitoba. I think everyone, everybody who lives here sort of, we joke a lot about uh, the weather sometime or the mosquitoes or that sort of thing. But when you, when you really look at the nature of our society, you know, we're very blessed to live here. There's huge challenges, however, in social equity, trying to give everyone an equal chance in our society is a challenge. And um, we're certainly seeing lots of efforts in that, in that respect. Uh, but again, one of the joys of working at the Winnipeg Foundation, and I think, uh, all the employees and the board members would readily agree with this, and I've already said it, but you're in this very privileged position of sitting between these very generous donors on the one hand and these passionate charitable organizations on the other and trying to just basically link the two together. And it does give um, our organization 
not only a special knowledge and um, of the community, what's going on and an appreciation of the generosity, but it also gives us sort of a special opportunity to serve in the, in the sense of linking the two uh, sides together and, and having an impact on the community. And certainly that's, uh, that's been the privilege of working here. The Foundation's work has had an impact on the community in so many different ways, but there have been a few initiatives, uh, Foundation initiatives, that you've really been a champion of, and I'm wondering if you can speak to some of those initiatives and some that really stand out to you. Well, certainly, uh, you know, Literacy for Life was an early one uh, back. Uh, we were very interested in how do we how do we create some capacity to, to uh, support literacy programs? Um, so that was an early one. Nourishing Potential, um, trying to feed kids has been a, a, a passion of mine in terms of making sure it's so bothersome to think that kids get out of school and they're going to a, um, a, a maybe an after school program and they don't have adequate food or nourishing food and that sort of thing. So that was one of the programs I took um, a real interest in and I think had an influence on. I'm very interested in downtown green spaces, the vibrancy of our downtown. I feel very strongly that the image of our city is really created within 10 blocks of Portage and Main. I mean, it's nice to have an Ikea store and all that, but the reality is that people think of Winnipeg within the within the confines of the vibrancy of our downtown, and I feel very strongly about that. So projects like, you know, the St. Boniface Belvedere would be an example of sort of trying to create landmarks, the new Indigenous art um, that we've commissioned at the Forks would be other examples of trying to support the downtown. You know, the Cube, which is a bit more controversial, but nonetheless, that sort of idea. You know, I'm interested in the history of our community and that stories be told from different perspectives. The history of our community is rich. Uh, We're very fortunate to have such a rich history. And there's many stories that are not told very well or, or, or maybe accurately. And I think we're all learning that from reconciliation. Indigenous reconciliation, and I think there's a lot of work to do on the history front. So I certainly have a, a wide range of interests, and uh, and certainly the foundation has given me a platform to uh, pursue some of those things. We're just about out of time, but is there anything else you'd like to mention before we sign off? Well, just again, Rob, to say how much a privilege it is uh, to acknowledge the the work of our board of directors, the work of our staff at the Winnipeg Foundation. I don't think that anyone earns uh, the Order of Manitoba on their own merit. I think it comes as a result of all the people who are around us. My family who support my work, um, obviously, uh, there's so many people to acknowledge in terms of sort of the support system that allows anybody to, to serve in, in these kinds of roles. And, and certainly I, I recognize that and I acknowledge that and, and I feel very privileged to have received this honor. Thank you so much, Rick, for speaking with me today and sharing some insights from your career. Great. Thanks, Rob. Have a good day. Thanks, Robert. The 2020 Order of Manitoba Ceremony will be live-streamed this afternoon, Thursday, September 10th at 4 p.m. on the Lieutenant Governor's website at manitobalg.ca. And we'd like to congratulate all of this year's recipients of the Order of Manitoba. Dr. Stephen Boris. Mitch Bourbonnier. Elder Mary Kershane, Dr. Krishna Murti Dakshina Murti, Bill Elliott, Richard Frost, Tina Jones, Dr. Marion Lewis, Margaret Morse, Stuart Murray, Scott Oak, and Dr. Ernest Rady. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org.